When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Welcome to Courtside with Christy and Gabe on the Her Hoop Stats podcast. Gabe Ibrahim, we are sitting courtside and Mm -hmm. there's so much to talk about. I don't know where to start, but we'll start right here in D.C. where the Washington Mystics went two and one last week and had a great win over Seattle. Mm-hmm. And then also had another win over Connecticut and lost a squeaker two-point game to Chicago. And I think what Washington proved was that, you know, this is a team to be reckoned with. Yeah, for sure. I, I think, um, you know, it, it's it's a team that it, it's not just a flash in the pan, like you're saying, um, but I do think, um, that there was some signs of weaknesses in that Chicago game that came out. I think it's just showing you, and I wrote this in a, in a piece for winsire.com, like this, you know, what we saw in those first few games, those first three games for DC, that may not be the high point for them. That may just be, I don't want to say the baseline because I feel like that's too rosy, but I feel like that's just close to what they're going to be this year is kind of just that same free-flowing offense they had last year. You know, it it didn't seem unsustainable, and that kind of came out in that loss to Chicago where they didn't play great, but they still were in that game with one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, no no question. A one-possession game, 88-86 loss. Uh, Chicago did what they needed to do down the stretch uh, to make plays and and get the stops necessary. But, I mean, Washington, I think, was most impressive in the Seattle game. 89-71 victory for them and you know you look at the assist numbers 
in that game. Yeah. 25 assists for the Mystics. And, you know, in the game before that against Connecticut, uh, Emma Mieseman had a tie of her career high in assist numbers with eight. So, I mean, this is a team that leads the WNBA and assist to turnover ratio with one and a half uh, a game. And, you know, they just have not missed a beat in terms of their rhythm, although they did lose that game. But I just think that the bench production was um, one of the things that, that did them in against Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think yeah, that's going to happen, right? That, that that's going to happen where, you know, the bench doesn't come through late game. This team is still figuring it out. Um, certainly you'd like to just see Emma be able to take the ball and, and score like Edie did, did last year, but guess what? She's not the land belt. Like I love Emma Miesemann. She's a great player, but Landell Don last year and Christy Toller were just such great late game, late game creators that it is going to take some time for this team to figure out the late game execution without them. Um, but what you're saying, I mean, just like the assist turnover ratio is fantastic. That's always going to be the Mystics bread and butter. You can look at that stat and say that we're doing well. The team is doing well when their assist to turnover ratio is in the top one or two of the league. Um, I was, I have been a little concerned. I want to ask you just about Emma, right? Like she, like I mentioned, she didn't really take on that sort of, clutch score role again i'm not sure how much you need that but you you want someone who could just go get you a bucket um she has turned the ball over a little bit more her assist numbers are up but so are her turnovers and it just kind of feels like at times she's putting a ton of pressure on herself to kind of like carry the team and i'm not as a player like how do you how do you keep your mentality as like, okay, I am going to be the go-to, but I don't have to put all this pressure on myself to the point I'm making mistakes. Yeah, no, that's a great question. And, you know, as a, as a former athlete who played the game, I just feel like you're your biggest critic. Like everyone Mm -hmm. else is going to say something and, and it's already manifested in, in your mentality anyway. Like Mm -hmm. if you're any kind of player, which Emma Mieseman is obviously, um, the only player to come off the bench to win uh, the WNBA most valuable player in the, in the finals. Mm-hmm. I just think that, you know, it, it's tough to uh, make these adjustments in such a short period of time. Right. Oh, yeah. um, you know, they didn't know who was actually going to play till basically last minute, right before they left, like maybe a week before they left to go to Florida, they finalized their roster and, and who was going to be available and who was not. And I just think for Emma, I think the adjustments for her, I mean, clearly she's getting the touches because, you know, her assist number, she's leading the league and assist with five a game. So she's finding people and she's kicking it out. And, you know, she said on the, uh, on the zoom yesterday after practice that, you know, one of their most favorite things to do is go inside out, outside Mm -hmm. in and, you know, move the basketball, skip passes, find a three point shooters. And that's another thing that they did well in the Seattle game, knocking in 15 threes of the most so far in the WNBA uh, in this short season. And, I just think for for Emma, she's just got to be aggressive in terms of hunting down her shots. And I think mm-hmm. I said that on the broadcast the other day um, in the second half. And she was getting the touches. So I'm like, you know, she just has to be aggressive and hunting down the sweet spots where she can find her offense. And and Mike Tebow said, you know, if she just squares to the basket and is aggressive on the catch, the defense is going to morph whether she takes a shot 
or not. So I just think she's so invaluable to the mystic mm-hmm. success, um, whether or not she's scoring 20 points a night, I think is irrelevant. I think that, you know, everyone's trying to find their new role Yes. this year for Washington. And Emma is, is part of that. And, you know, she's averaging 12, five assists, five boards. So solid numbers. And, you know, our percentages are a little bit down um, shooting wise, but, you know, they haven't played together. This, I mean, <laughs> they would probably be one or two games in yeah. to a, a regular season. had this not happened this year and, you know, you got to give them time to, to mesh. So I think she's ahead of the game in, in terms of that. And oh. I think it's just going to take something that's a, a constant progression for Emma. For sure. No, I totally agree. Um, I, I think, I mean, I'm not worried about her getting there. I'm, you know, I just like early goings were a little bit, hey, we want her to score a little bit more. I think T- Coach right. T said that too. It's like, you just want her to score a little bit more. That's all. Just to continue getting that pressure because then the de- that's how the defense is going to work. That's exactly. how the opposing defense is going to have to get all up in her. So she just needs to continue scoring to a point that the defense can't just say, okay, like, we're gonna we're gonna get away a little bit from Emma and maybe put more pressure on Eastern Conference Player of the Week, Maisha <laughs> Hines Allen. Hello, Woo! just under uh, eighteen a game for my. I mean, my goodness, she has just been phenomenal, and I just think that her vocal leadership as yeah. well as Ariel Powers, I think they have kind of taken the load from Latoya Sanders in that regard and mm-hmm. Natasha Cloud and Mike Tebow alluded to that and actually said that uh, yesterday after their practice and I just think for for those two players in particular to be averaging 17 18 points a game and and staying consistent with that not just a, a one night mm-hmm. oh this is your night kind of thing but sustaining their production I think that has been most impressive and you know also you know you have Leilani Mitchell, who I thought played really well in the second half oh, yeah. against Chicago. They came out of the locker room and, and knocked in a couple threes, I think uh, three threes in a row on three offensive possessions, and mm-hmm. Leilani knocked in two of them. Um, I just think that she has really been a boost for the oh, team. Yeah. And, you know, I believe she had six assists against Seattle, and she makes things happen. For the team she sets the table and i think she brings that that level of maturity and experience at at 35 years old mm-hmm. and she knows uh, how to make teams better wherever she plays oh. she knows how to make teams better and that's what she's doing in dc yeah uh, she just fits so well into especially with this team like they they're getting out and running and she just fills the gap so well she can hit a transition three and just like you know it's seamless like and that's what yeah. they that's what Co- the, both the coach T's told us before yeah. the season, like, yeah, she's going to fit perfectly. We've been dying to get her for, for years now. Exactly. Um, and she does fit perfectly. I don't, I do, we will get to some, like, we're not just going to gush over the mystics. We'll, we'll get into some of the stuff that's been uh, not so great, but we do have to talk about Ariel Atkins because Ariel yes. Atkins has been absurd. Uh, I, you know, I appreciate that my shines down earned the player of the week. Honestly, I may have given it to Ariel Atkins. She's averaging 18.8 points a game this season. Um, she's hitting 59.5% of her field goals, 57 per, 57.7% from three-point land, yes. uh, and also has not missed a free throw all year, which that is absolutely my favorite thing. Don't miss yeah. your free throws. They're free. But what is Ariel doing um, 
to, to kind of score this much, is it, is it sustainable for her to score this much? Do you want her being by like your leading scorer on the Mystics if you're Coach T? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, Mike will tell you, Mike Tebow will, will tell you that, you know, he wants it to be somebody different every night because how do you scout for that? You never know who's going to explode for mm -hmm. 20 or 18 or whatever. So I just think to have an Ariel Atkins who gets it done on both sides, she's disruptive yes. defensively. But for her numbers to be as gaudy and as just impressive as they have been through four games for Washington, I, I just think that, yes, it's definitely sustainable for this young woman who just turned 24 last week, had a, a, an amazing game on her birthday, and then turned mm -hmm. right back around and had another magnificent showing in the, in the next game. So I just think it's, it's definitely sustainable for her um, and it's definitely necessary for Washington to get that kind of production and efficiency oh, yeah. from Ariel Atkins. And, and she wants that responsibility. I think, you know, winning a championship can do one of two things. It can uh, make you hungry for another one, or it'll make you settle and, okay, I've been there, done that. She's hungry. Oh, yeah. And she's, she's answer a on that. And I think that she is um, such a professional and such a, a, an old soul when it comes to her approach to the game. And she was like that as a rookie. I think I saw her in, a, in the elevator one time leaving practice. And I told her, I was like, you know, you, you have an old school mentality about you, you know? And she mm -hmm. just comes in, their hard hat on, gets the job done and gets better every day. And that's yeah. all you want from your younger players. And she oh. has the confidence of, of earning a championship with the team. And, you know, she's one of the five key returners coming back for the Mystics this year. And, I, you know, I just think that she's, she has an amazing upside, which is scary. But I think you've only seen Ariel and scratch the surface to what she's oh, going to be able to do in the future. For sure. I remember last year, it was really, I forget who said it. It was probably Natasha Clark is, or Christy Tolliver. One of them was like, you know, Aaron Lackins is the oldest 23-year-old I've ever met. Yes. She has plants in her apartment. <laughs> I was like, that's hilarious. So There's yeah. a very good metric of how old someone is, is if they have plants in their apartment. Um, well, I don't have any plants, so there's that. So that's yeah. a good thing that I don't have. It's, it's an old, old at heart, old at heart. <laughs> there you go, good. Uh, the, I, and also, just like another thing with her, like Ariel, at least, uh, you know, in press conferences, she's sometimes a little closed off, a little bit um, more guarded. Like, she doesn't love to do media stuff I think last year she even said like you know if you listen to this interview with me it's the most I'll ever talk in an interview <laughs> I don't know if you caught this in the um LA Seattle game on CBS Sports Network they had like a little little uh halftime interview with her and it was just like delightful and then she was right. very like she's having fun with it she was she was really engaging with mm -hmm. uh with the media and look like not every player is going to do that and I don't right if she doesn't if she doesn't like it but right. see her you know kind of say okay you know this is something i'm gonna do I, i'm a star right now like this is a part of what i'm doing and exactly. to take advantage of that of that publicity and she continues hammering out you know to say her name social justice message absolutely every day she, every day every yep. single answer and, it. it's, and it's like she is really um to me at least seemingly coming out of the shell because you know we, we we knew how good she was last year uh, to yeah. me this is not a surprise how well she scored to me this is not Absolutely. a surprise how well she's defending but 
it is a little surprising to me to see her like kind of just mature into that sort of yeah. I'm a star now yeah. role. And that's for the Mystics organization this year. I think we talked about this in the last podcast that this would kind of be sort of a, a Seattle 2019 year where all the young players get a lot of experience. And yeah. then when those other players come back the next year, right? Yes. I think early <laughs> returns, that's definitely, definitely happening. So of, of the four players, the four, I mean, you said returning five, there is, I mean, there's, there are returning five players. Um, and Tiana Hawkins still has yet to play. We, we have not mentioned Tiana She Hawkins. She is uh, listed as probable for the Vegas. All right. Game. So we, we shall see what she looks like tomorrow pregame. That's I guess huge. we'll get a, a final answer on that. But another player who can open up the floor for Washington and, you know, she can board well and they're going to need that mm-hmm. against Vegas and their size inside with Swords and Wilson. And, you know, hopefully she's healthy enough to, to go. Yeah. And, and she'll take some of the pressure off Essence Carson, who's yeah. – she's been doing a lot. I mean, yes. she's not cheating – She's not shooting well, um, and she hasn't really shot well in the past couple of years, and I'm a little concerned about that, but also, like, they're, the D.C. is asking her to do a lot on defense and a lot on offense, and, you know, ideally she would not be playing the role that she is playing as as the sixth woman, and that role right. is really meant for Tiana Hawkins. That's who's exactly. the person on this team. Exactly. So, um, you know, I, I am excited to see her back. But uh, Sorry, to get back to what I was saying, Hawkins <laughs> – Powers, Heinz Allen, Mieseman, when they're coming back next year, mm. do you think who, who kind of stays in that sort of like where like that upper role and who kind of has to like roll, uh, rein in what they're doing now? I mean, assuming we have a normal season, which is a, a I know, assumption. We just, we just don't know about anything, do we anymore about that? <laughs> but I just think, you know, with, with Tina Charles, I mean, she signed the one year contract. Right. So I don't know what that looks like when you opt out. Like, I don't know what that looks like. So I think oh, uh, um, I can explain that the, she, her, her contract will be up because oh, she's that's, still technically that's, yeah, I, I was, running. I honestly, I didn't want to know that for sure, but no, I know <laughs> I figured that, but I didn't want to claim it in the atmosphere, but I, well, I figured that to be the case, but let me, let me say that's under the current rules. They right. could change the rules. They could change right. the rules. If they can, time. you know, the circumstances <laughs> beyond our control here. Um, but I don't Yeah. I mean, I was assuming that would be the case and, mm-hmm. um, if that is the case, I mean, I still think that, you know, Maisha has, has just gained so much confidence. And I think that Atkins and Powers and Miesemann have already been in that mm-hmm. mix. They've already been in that moment. And uh, Maisha Hines-Allen hasn't. So I think this is a huge step for her and something that I feel will catapult her season. And you know, keep her confident and keep her consistent with her production. I just think the other three have kind of been in the trenches already. And this right. is Maisha Hines-Allen's turn to, to get in the mud and, and, and dig rebounds out and score in the paint and, and defend well and knock in some threes. So I think this is like, this is her moment to, to gain that traction that, she's been waiting in line yeah. for for the last two seasons you know i'm gonna make a bold i'm gonna make a bold prediction here i think maisha next year her role is going to be the one that changes the least because she brings something to the table yep that the the mystics did not have last year and i remember talking um in the playoffs to to jen hatfield 
who yeah. to me uh, is kind of the the conductor of the My Shines Allen hype train for <laughs> Hoopstats' own Jen yeah. Hatfield. Um, and I remember her saying like, you know, maybe maybe Maisha can get in there and get some minutes to bang with either John Quell or it, it was actually in the um, Vegas series to bang the with Vegas series, yeah, yeah, to bang with Liz and and she didn't really get that opportunity, but I think. This year, what you're seeing is Tebow is putting her in those exact situations. Yep. She had to defend Cheyenne Parker on a post-up late in that game. She also yep. got a post-up opportunity on CP late in that game. You're yep. seeing Coach T preparing her to be the exact thing that they did not have last year. Yes, yes. Um, she is a little undersized for that sort of, you know, that the, to guard the center's role. But, you know, they switched so much that I think it – it, it would work out because she is a really smart player right. um, on both ends. So to me, that's the person who they, the, of the people who have taken this huge step up, mm-hmm. I think she's the one who's kind of going to stay at that step up. And, and it's not because yeah, like Ariel Powers or Ariel Atkins are any worse. It's just like they know what the ro- their role is in this normal system. I don't think it'll be scoring 18 points a game like they're doing right now. Yeah, agreed. I, yeah, I think she's, she's, Made the most of her opportunity for sure. Oh yeah. Um. So so you're do- all right. We got two games. Are you doing both these games for the Mystics this week? Actually, just tomorrow, the okay. game on Friday. Um, ESPN picked that one up as um one of the six. Okay. For Washington. So, I just think that, you know, the Vegas game. I think that's gonna. Oh yeah. Be interesting to watch. Uh, you know, Vegas beat. Atlanta last week and then lost to Phoenix 102-95 in a, in a track meet of a game and then they beat mm. Dallas by nine um, in that game over the weekend and so I mean Vegas has had some close games too but I think it's going to be it's going to be fun to to watch them learn how to gain chemistry as well you know without yeah. Elizabeth Cambage inside and Kelsey Plum out with the Achilles injury. And Cambage, of course, opted out this season. But, you know, I, I think that's going to be, you know, something to, to watch for and yeah. see how they can continue to get better and, and work without those two key pieces in their starting lineup. How, how much fun has it been just seeing, like, Angel McCautry back on the basketball court? I'm just so happy. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just like – she is pulling up for some like ridiculous mid-range jumpers that I think if some of the NBA like yeah. and some of the analytic heads out there they see that they're like oh no but right wait uh, right she's shooting she's shooting fifty three percent from the field yeah. Uh, yeah. she's actually taking some threes which is nice I mean I think yeah she's shooting one point three threes per game I'd like to see that a little higher considering how many shots she takes but right. um, I think she's fit so well and she looks in shape and it's just like. Love seeing her back on the court. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's just so exciting. You know, there were some some ebbs and flows in terms of uh, her return at the end of last season with Atlanta. Um, mm-hmm. Her saying that she was ready to go, and then you know the team saying, "Well, you haven't been cleared." And just to to see her actually on the floor and working through what she said was uh, the toughest challenge of her life so far physically um, mm-hmm. to come back from that ACL injury and. And it's just, like you said, it's just refreshing to see her in such great condition and to have that, that level of confidence. I mean, she's an Olympian, a gold medalist, um, key component to that, that gold medal 
win uh, for USA Basketball when they won mm-hmm. it. And I just think that Angela McCautry's experience, uh, I think it, it really helps Vegas in, in many ways. Just her vocal leadership, um, the fact that she's spearheaded having Breonna Taylor's name on the back of all the WNBA jerseys this year, and then the NBA in turn uh, catching on yeah. uh, to that notion and, and doing something of their own in that regard. I, I just think, you know, just the way that she has utilized her voice in many ways, uh, I think has been most impressive, but it has been great to see her back on the floor. Oh, yeah. No, off the court has been phenomenal. I mean, I, and she never Absolutely. went away in no. that in yeah. that regard. Um, I think in, in Atlanta, she's still, you know, I talked to her um, in, in shoot-around the other day, and I asked her, you know, about Atlanta, and she said, yeah, they still call me um, when there's stuff going on in the community that they think I can help out with. You know, I'm still really connected there. And that's, that's awesome because, you know, we all think of these players as so transient, but she has <laughs> roots there, and, like, that, mean, uh, that means something. But speaking of that meaning something, she did yeah. play Atlanta. Um, and she, she did what? She played Atlanta. The, the Aces played Atlanta this week. Um, right. Yes, yes. Did um, I, I don't remember. She didn't really have like, a huge game. Um, but I did want to ask you, like, have you ever been in that sort of – let me see what her numbers. Yeah, she had 12 points, uh, seven rebounds, two assists, two steals, and they got the W, which is the most important thing. But have you ever yeah. been in the situation where you're, kind of, where you're playing, you know – not necessarily your former team, but just someone, someone who you think has kind of uh, wronged you. Because she didn't say it. <laughs> Angel's very dip. Angel's smart. She's not gonna. Yeah. She's not gonna try to, to 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 make huge headlines when it's not necessary. Um, right. But she said, you know, yeah, it's a little weird the way I left, uh, and it was a little weird playing them again. Um, and. Just you could tell there's a, there's some animosity there. Have you ever been in that situation where there's some animosity with the organization you're playing? No, uh, I okay. never had that. And, you know, I, I stayed at one school collegiately and I played for different teams overseas, but, mm-hmm. you know, never the uh, met the other one, you know, but I think it would, it would, it would I make me feel some kind of way. <laughs> it would make me feel some kind of way. Yeah. And I think any, any competitor, you know, would want to, make you think that hey you know i still have it and mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm gonna pull up these mid-ranges and <laughs> i'm gonna pull some threes and take it to the basket but i i think you know angel is one of the the most um, ultimate competitors that mm-hmm. um, the game has seen and you know she's from baltimore and played great at louisville mm-hmm. obviously and and has had a, a really wonderful uh professional career but yeah, I know she's she's uh, she's got that that fire. She in her that belly. W. Yeah, she wanted that W. <laughs> she wanted to win that. Yeah. Uh, so to, to to bring it back to the Mystics a little bit, like what do you do to uh, stop the Aces? Obviously, you know, great mid range shooting team. They really showed that this year. Um, great post up team with Asia, um, who's who's kind of struggled so far. You know, she's only shooting forty three percent from the field. Um, obviously she's doing, she's getting a lot of points, getting a lot of rebounds, um, but like to see her, her field goal percentage go up a little bit. How do you kind of um, defend this team that kind of is, the aces are zigging while everyone else in the league is zagging. You know, yeah. Everyone else is zagging towards the, the three point line. They're zigging inside. Absolutely. And they don't shoot the three poorly, but their mainstay is pound the ball into their mm. post 
uh, with their backs to the basket. It's the old school. Uh, and I, as a former post player, I love to see oh, that. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the new hybrid post players and the step back threes and all of that. It's, it's fantastic to see the evolution of the position of the post. But when it's all said and done, I like the old school post up somebody, sit down low, wide and strong, receive a nice bounce pass receive a nice bounce pass do i sound a little um bitter (laughs) about that because it's that has um been something that has faded away uh from the game a little bit just in terms of being able to make it proper passes at the proper angle to post players because usually they're on the outside on a pick and pop so you don't have to match an angle for that right Mm -hmm. necessarily not like you do for an entry pass with somebody on the backs of the post so I just think with with um, Asia Wilson and and Carolyn Swords inside for the Aces, I, I think you know they really pose a problem with their size and the fact that they want paint touches. They want two feet in the paint. They want to receive a pass, and you know if it gets kicked back out, that may be a drive instead of a three, okay. right? So I just think that Washington's paint defense has to be ready to go has to be at uh, at a thousand in terms of attention to detail and the board work. I mean, you don't want to give up second and third chance opportunities to Vegas because again, their, their mainstay is scoring right there at the rim. And, you know, they don't have Cambage in there, but that would be like, you know, uh, another issue obviously with, with the lack of size that, that Washington has. I mean, they have Elena Coates in there who has really done well for the four games that Washington has played, but she's going to be challenged in this game. And, you know, if Tiana Hawkins can come back, that will help on the boards because they really miss their X factor and and Latoya Sanders in that regard. Mm -hmm. So um, I just think it's going to be a challenge for Washington on, on the interior. And I'm sure that, you know, the last couple of days in practice, they, they really worked on securing that and not just that, but also uh, putting a lot of pressure on the basketball. Because, you know, you can't, can't make a pass you can't see. So you can't have your arms, like, they're out. Like I, and that's another thing because I coach, right? So <laughs> when you have your arms straight out, it, it may look intimidating, but you got to move them. Like, your right. hands have to be up and active, get yourself in the way, be disruptive. And uh, that's what Washington is going to have to do to um, McBride and Sugar Rogers and Angel McCautry and, and those players, you know, McBride likes to turn the corner too, but she'll pull that mid range. But then you mm-hmm. have McCautry and, and Rogers who like to maybe get all the way to the rim and finish. So you have to be ready on kickouts that it's not just going to be a, a, a launch three. You have to yeah. be ready to move your feet and close out and put pressure on passes into the post as well. Yeah. I'm really, um, well, two things. So the, what you're saying about moving your arms, I, I think that's what aerial powers and aerial Atkins kind of, yes, that's what they do. Great. Uh, yes. Their arms are very active. They're mm-hmm. they're deflecting balls. They're getting in people's faces. Um, yep. But also, uh, Elena Coates, this is going to be a test for her. This game yes. right here is where we're going to find out if she is a part of this team's current or current future and, and future future, right? Like, <laughs> she has to play well yes. here to gain some minutes during the season. Um, and she, you know, she was, I, I think, before the Chicago game, she was at the, she was the shoot around uh, media participant. She said, you know, I'm just kind of getting the feel here is so different mm-hmm. from any other place I've been to because 
it's basically on me to kind of figure out where I fit in. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm getting minutes, and I'm getting run, and I'm getting used to playing with these different type of post players that's so different from when, you know, she was really successful with Asia Wilson at South Carolina in college. Yep. Um, yep. I think, you know, this is going to have to be the time. Like, she's going to have to D up either Carolyn Swords or Asia Wilson at times. Like, obviously, I'm not saying that's, a, that's the main matchup, but Coates is going to have to D up someone. Coates is going to have to prevent uh, the Aces from getting on the offensive rebounding glass for the second-best team in the league in terms of offensive rebounding percentage. And they're going to have to make sure that they do not get eaten alive down there. Like you're saying, I think it's going to come down to not only Elena Coates, but a lot, yeah. you know, my Shine Allen's going to have to show up, be bigger, be bigger and taller than she is. Emma Miesemann's going to have to D up really well. Um, and you kind of, and then on the other end though, you, you can't let it turn into a slugfest. You're going to have to no. keep hitting threes, keep the pace up. And, and, and this is, this series last year was awesome. I was going to say. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, like it, right? Like the series last year was awesome because of it the was. styles clash. And I think this game is also going to be awesome because of the styles clash. Absolutely. And I think, you know, Elena Coates and, and Asia Wilson winning that championship at, at South Carolina, even though uh, Coates was injured. Um, but, I, you know, just their familiarity with one another, I think. Oh, yeah will be uh, also something to watch in game, um, battling each other. I think that's going to be um, a key matchup inside. And I think, you know, if she didn't have that familiarity with Wilson, I, I think it may be a different story, but I think, I think she's ready for this challenge. I, you know, we're only four games into the season for Washington uh, and Vegas, but I just think that when you have – the opportunities to show yourself and she wants to make her statement this year so that she can make her statement for years to come. I think, yeah, now's the time. And, mm -hmm. and she's ready for that challenge. No question. I, I think she's, um, she said that she has, you know, turned the page in that regard, like here, you've been given this opportunity. Now you have to go out there and do it. So I know that she is, personally challenging herself to step into that moment and and be present for it and and give it her all so I, i'm excited to watch it i'm excited to see that and um yes it will be a challenge for Misa Men as well as uh, maisha hines allen inside and and tiana hawkins if she goes um in the game against vegas but um yeah it, it can't be it can't be a a, a situation where it is a a, a game of physicality it's got to be a, a game of skill and will. And, and that's what it's going to come down to. That's what it's going to come right. down to at the end. Yeah, no, I totally agree. All right, uh, we've gone long on, on these two subjects. It's like we're talking about two things. <laughs> it's that been really fun, though, courtside. We're sitting courtside chatting yeah, we're, about we're it all. Chatting. Uh, it's just, you know, we have to talk about the Mystics doing really well and great post play. So that's two subjects that we are always going to go long on on Absolutely. this podcast. That we promise you, fair listener. Um, so, all right, let's get, we, uh, so we'll probably not do another show before the Mystics play the following two games after this Aces game. So I got the Liberty, um, and the Fever, uh, with the Liberty, obviously Sabrina Nescu goes down with a sprained ankle. Yeah. Probably gonna, she's going to be out at least a month that probably puts her out for the rest of the season because she's uh. come back with like six games left. I mean, you know, organizational priorities, they may just want to get her some run to see what what happens with the rest of the team, but they may also shut her down for the rest of the season. Oh, um, no. So what does it mean so just sad. like for the, I mean, it's just sad, right? Like, um, you know, 
don't know I, if you, you want to give it how sad it is. I, you know, I, I just I, I take five seconds to just say it. it's just the photo of Sabrina Unescu sitting on the bench with her hand on her face. Gabe, mm-hmm. it just broke my heart. She had the boot on. And you know that, you know, she didn't know what was going to happen with this uh, WNBA season or rookie year. But the fact that it was happening and she got in the mix, it had a 33-point game, seven assists, seven boards, just went bananas. And, you know, the very next game to come in and, and just yeah, totally roll her ankle in the middle of the floor. It's just it's cringeworthy. And uh, then just to see her sitting on the side, I mean, golly. You just feel for her, and um, you know she's going to come back stronger and better. But you know she, she if she had her druthers, obviously she would be on the floor playing. Oh yeah, well it's just so, so. it's also like her the tournament that they were, that they were the favorites in got canceled. It's just like you pile yeah. all these things up, yeah. and I think for a lot of us, like that would yep. that would make us start feeling like questioning what's happening like feeling bad it doesn't seem like Sabrina has like she's still on the bench she's still yelling at her team she's still riling them up giving them pointers like that's exactly the mentality that we were told that she would have that's that's Mamba mentality um for her late her late mentor Kobe Bryant it's right there you can see it while she's hurt you can see it while she's while she's doing everything and like you're saying she'll come back better and stronger it is just a bummer for her um and the league. Um, but I do think, you know, to on the court, I think New York at some point is going to be uh, competitive. I just think that they're, they're hurt right now. So I think yes. that Friday result might depend on how healthy Kia Nurse is. And, and you know, just like exactly. it's going to take a while. They have seven rookies and now their veterans are hurt. Young and injured are two really bad combinations of things, yes. um, especially in a – and a 22 game season and you're trying to jockey for a position and, and get some wins. And it's just, it's just tough all the way around for New York. But, um, and again, we, you know, we said that this is an opportunity for all these teams, you know, to get mm-hmm. better and, and to gain experience. So the players on the floor are, are going to do that. And then, you know, with Indiana, with their bevy of injuries, yeah. uh, Victoria Vivian's, you know, went out with that right knee injury and, Erica Wheeler, um, that medical protocol, they're just, and Natalia Chanwa as well, um, with the right mm-hmm. hamstring injury, she didn't play last game for them, and, but you, know, you got to give Marianne Stanley credit uh, for manufacturing some really great wins for the Fever uh, in her first year at the helm for Indiana, you know, they beat Phoenix, you know, put up 106 points, <laughs> 106, nice. 100. And then they lost to Dallas one possession and then they beat Atlanta 93, 77. So, you know, they had a great week in terms of going two and one in, in spite of the injuries, in spite of, you know, missing Wheeler and, and you know, they, they just have, um, they have a lot to, to work with and, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens with them. But I just think that, you know, for, for Washington to be facing Vegas and then New York and Indiana, you know, it's still going to be a challenge. I know Mike Tebow said all the teams are, are tired. You know, they play every other day. Um, this is the, the longest break Washington will have uh, in between games um, for three days. And, you know, all of September, I believe Washington is going to play every other day 
in the month. So it, it's not a lot of time, you know, for practices. And Emma Mieseman alluded to that as well. And not a lot of time for practices. So you have to pay good attention to the scouts and the walkthroughs and make sure that you are focused and, and ready to fight. And Indiana, you know, clearly has been focused and ready to fight. And, you know, Marianne Stanley, I, I think, has done uh, an outstanding job with the oh, fever yeah. um, coming in five days late to training camp and then now uh, hit with this rash of injuries. And Lauren Cox, you know, they're still waiting for her to be 100% cleared and ready to go. So, I mean, they have viable pieces when healthy and, and they're winning without all the pieces healthy. So that's, that's something to say uh, for uh, Marianne Stanley in her first season there in Indianapolis. I love what she's done with the offense. Um, so yes. they, so the Mystics have the best offense in the league at, with a 110.1 offensive rating. No surprise there. That's exactly where uh, they were last year. Um, and Indiana as the second best offense in the league in terms of offense rating go. with a 107.1 offensive rating, which I mean, it's, that is uh, points per 100 possessions. I'm sure right. if you listen to the her hoop stats <laughs> podcast, like you are familiar with this, but just Absolutely. but it, I'd really love um, that she has brought a motion offense mm-hmm. and, and gotten the fever so quickly. And I think Julie Alamon has been a huge part of it. She's gotten awesome. them so quickly into this kind of like moving the ball, churning the butter, not standing in one spot, just everyone's going as fast as they can. And I think that's really going to um, boost them in the long run. Obviously, they haven't caught up on the defensive end where they are, I believe they are the league's worst. Yeah, they're the league's worst defense in terms of defensive rating, um, which is not good. They're giving up more points per 100 possessions than they are scoring, which is not great when you have the second best offense in the league. But um, I do – I just love – how fast they're moving. I love what she's instilling in that team. And I think it's kind of, you know, we're, we're, we're always bringing it back to the Mystics, right? It's kind of the DCification <laughs> of, of Indiana's Absolutely. offense. And that's exactly what they needed, right? Absolutely. And, and you know, for, for Candace Dupree to say, this is the most fun I've had playing in a long mm-hmm. time. That, that right there stamps the motion offense stamps the the ball going from side to side and everybody getting a touch on every single possession. I mean, you have Kelsey Mitchell who can get hot in a blink of an eye, loves to get downhill. Um, you know, one of their leading scorers from last year. I just think that, you know, to, to have Candace Dupree say that, I think that meant everything to me. Oh, yeah. I'm like, well, there's a free flow. There's a, a great spirit on offense because there's nothing worse than the ball sticking. Nothing worse than not getting a touch on several consecutive offensive possessions when you know you're capable of helping the team. So I think that, um, you know, Marion Stanley has really gotten the, the team values uh, on the offensive end. And the defense will come. The defense yep. will come. And, again, once they get healthy, once they have Lauren Cox inside, you know, I, I think that will change a lot. Uh, in terms of what they do defensively, for sure. But to see what they've been able to do, especially this last week, I think was very impressive to see. Yeah. And it was, so one last question. Sure. Um, how does Tierra McCown fit into what we're talking about? Because if you notice DC's offense, there isn't a traditional big there. Yeah. Uh, Tierra McCown, very traditional big. I love her. I love her game. Obviously, we're, we, we, love, we love the big girls. But yeah. – 
I don't know. I just don't know if it fits yeah. into what Marianne Stanley is building there. Does it though? I mean, can she make it work? I think definitely she can make it work. I think, um, again, when, when Cox gets healthy and she's able to go in there with her, I think that's going to create um, the dynamic where the ball may go inside a little bit more and, you know, have backs to the basket and, and make mm. some moves in there like, like a Vegas style offense almost a little bit and have a little bit of a hybrid of both Vegas and Washington yep. style. I think we'll see that more, but you know, for post players, I think, you know, to get yourself a touch, you got to board the ball, right? You know, if the mm -hmm. shots are going up, then get your nose in there, get down on the floor, fight for the possessions, get some offensive boards and put backs, you know, you can get six to eight points just doing that throughout the game. And then whatever other touches you get, that's just gravy. But work for your touches right now until everything comes into uh, true form. And, mm -hmm. you know, once their whole team is healthy, I think the true form will be really special. And, um, you know, they, they're riding on some really good momentum right now. No, I agree. Uh, I think that's going to be uh, – I think um, hopefully the Liberty game is competitive, although I'm not. So on that, but the Aces and Fever game are going to be dope. And uh, <laughs> you're so you, uh, so the recap you're doing the the Aces game and the Fever game. I didn't notice what channel it was on. Uh, it's uh, NBC Sports Washington. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Fever Fever on Sunday as well. Yes. Um, you can hear Christy Winter Scott. Yeah. Talk about that. You can you can you can watch, read my tweets about it. I'm yeah. sure I'll be tweeting up a storm at Gabe underscore Ibrahim. And I, I tweet right back at you during, oh, yeah, games, during the games, fun. <laughs> <laughs> It's awesome. Uh, you know, timeouts or halftime, you know, we have a little bit of, of time and I always like to check and see if, you know, her hoop stats has posted some kind of a, a grid. And I love that stuff. And, you know, you have some great comments. So I always, I love the conversation in game. Oh. So it makes it a lot of fun. You know, the live tweeting during the games. Where, so. where can people follow you on Twitter? I am at Christy W Scott 51 on both Twitter and Instagram and it's heavy hoops and you love hoops, which is why you're sitting here courtside with me and Gabe tonight <laughs> and courtside is, is uh, where it's at and I love it and I love chatting with you about hoops it's fun stuff. And, you know, if we were sitting at a game, that's exactly, I think, what we would have said had we been at a game tonight, Gabe. Well, I mean, we're as close to court tonight as everybody else is. I mean, you're calling the games. <laughs> you're calling the games from uh, D.C. when they're happening in Florida. So, hey, everyone is courtside this season. <laughs> everyone. That's right. We're, we're all in the same boat. Uh, if you guys want to follow Her Hoop Stats on Twitter, it's at Her Hoop Stats. Um, you guys should also subscribe to their Substack, which I believe is just her hoop stat. Yes, it is her hoop stats.substack.com. Uh, great content coming out of there. Uh, and anyone else you should follow, you should follow them on Instagram and YouTube and, and every, all of their stuff. Just, yeah. you'll figure it out. You'll all get to it. this. You'll, you'll get to it and you'll be like, oh, this is awesome. And you should hear the other podcast on here. Uh, Unplugged is probably coming up on Thursday. John Little talked to Sandy Brundello on Monday. So uh, maybe we'll listen to that because she talked about them struggling and then they won two games after that. And oh, now they, they struggled in the first half of the game tonight against Atlanta. So hey, right. some, some good stuff. Some good yeah. stuff happening you on the Herb Hoop Stats podcast. Mm -hmm. um, That's right. Okay. So do you want to, uh, how do you, you want to take us out here? Do you want to hey. give like a prediction for the week? What the Mystics going to do? 
hey, I, I think that, you know, I think that all of the teams are are coming into their own. I think that Washington is it's still uh, an ongoing process in terms of um, finding out who they are together. And they've only been together a month and they're working through things just like all the other teams down there are. And I just think it's going to be fun to see how things unfold. But I think uh, defense is going to be what I'm going to be looking for in the next couple of games, um, especially for Washington against Vegas and what they're going to be able to do to contain the paint. So I think it's just intriguing overall, but I'm not throwing any predictions out there, but I, I just think that it's going to be great competition. I think it's going to be a battle in, in the paint. And I think uh, you're really going to see um, the true colors of, of whichever team comes out on top is going to be the way they wanted the game played. It's the way I they agree. wanted the game played. And I, I think that's going to be the telltale. I'll give a prediction. I don't, I mean, I'm always oh, good. wrong. You so go like, ahead and do that. They're going to go, they're going to go two and one. Uh, okay. They think they'll beat the, it's going to be weird, right? Like, I think they're going to beat the aces. I think they're going to beat the fever. I think they're going to lose to Liberty because that's just kind of, it's kind of wacky, kind of wacky. I like this. And the, See? but we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we can end this podcast in a second, but Brianna Jones is 18 points in the first half for uh, Connecticut against Seattle right now. Oh, my uh, gosh. See, I got to go sit courtside yeah. on my couch and watch the rest of that one tonight. She's, really? eight of ten, she's 8 of 10 from the field, and this is not coming off rebounds because she only has one rebound. So she's just posting up. Wow. Whoever, I guess she's posting up Natasha Howard or Brianna Stewart or some combination of all of the bigs for Seattle. But She's going yes. to work. Those so, are her Maryland numbers because she shot yeah. 61 or 62% for her career at Maryland. So she's shooting 80% right now. Okay. Brianna Jones came to play. We couldn't get out of here without a Maryland reference. Yeah. We had to throw uh, that in there. You know, I had to put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, but yeah, so if, uh, if Brianna Jones ends up going for like 34 points or something, we, we didn't talk about this podcast because it's happening as we record this podcast. Exactly. 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 <laughs> hey, go watch the rest of that. Oh boy. She's killing it. I love it. All right, Gabe. Well, I'm going to go get some uh, some popcorn and, and sit courtside and, and watch some more hoops. And can't wait for our next podcast to see what your predictions <laughs> look like afterwards. But a lot of great hoops on the way for you guys. Thank you so much for stopping by courtside to chat with us. And we will be back next week to bring you more hoops. And for Christy Winter Scott and Gabe Ibrahim, this has been Courtside on Her Hoop Stats Podcast. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.